Hi, and welcome to episode 43 of No Crying in Baseball. It's the double header hangover episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, well, you're the one with the double header hangover for in person because you sat through two games in a row yesterday at Nationals Park, and I was only there with you for the first, but I did the second half of the double header at home watching the Red Sox on the screen. And I'm going to promise right now, it's really hard to say this, but I'm not going to overwhelm this episode with Red Sox. It might pop in here or there because they are leading the league in absolutely everything. And three quarters of the way through perhaps sweeping the Yankees. I would really love to see that. But no, no, that's about as far as I'm going to go. So how, much more I could say. How is this not talking about the Red Sox? Well, you I'm know, I'm explaining that I'm not talking about the in Red great Sox. Red Sox detail. I yes. see that. So the reason that the doubleheader hangover is such a hangover it's really a baseball hangover i actually took the uh responsible driver pledge not only at the first game but also the second game because i had a caffeine up because oh my god it was a split double header which means a one o'clock game a three-hour break and then another game and by the time we were headed home i was like did that all just happen in one day well, it, it actually didn't because you and I attempted to go to the first game together on Friday night that got rained out, which is perhaps another reason why you didn't drink so much on Saturday, because I think we made up for it in the rain out because we had just ordered our super large beers, which were supposed to last through the game that was then canceled. Yeah. And then we had to, to inhale them pretty quickly because I wanted to close the darn park. And so what did we do? We drank those very quickly and went to a beer garden in the drizzle. That's what we did. But yes, but this hangover is not the hangover I had yesterday morning. This is just the I'm really tired from baseball hangover. And when I got home from the late game, I had 17 minutes to fix my fantasy boyfriend baseball lineups because I realized I hadn't reflected all the trades that had happened over the week. And a lot of my boyfriends got traded. And there are stupid rules for this league. I got to say, there's this rule about you can only have one player per team. And you know, what? Uh, uh, well, okay, so first of all, this is our fantasy league for people who have not been listening to us from the beginning that we have our own fantasy boyfriend baseball league. And it was our way to sort of check out guys from around the league and our rule that we both agreed to from the get-go was that we could only have one boyfriend per team. Seemed like a great idea at the time. It was a great excuse for us to explore different guys from teams that we weren't paying attention to. But this trade deadline just screwed us. Like, it, it all of a sudden... We had two boyfriends on a team, right? Yeah, so the the rules made a lot of sense when we were just starting out. And we had a stable lineup. Mm-hmm. We had a stable field from which to choose. But, I mean, what good is it being the commissioner if I can't break can't. the rules? You I can't. can't. I didn't. No. So I ran into a little bit of trouble. Like, Wilson Ramos got traded to the Phillies. And I am never going to give up Wilson Ramos ever. But Reese Hoskins was my Phillies guy. I had to drop Reese Hoskins, who is fantastic. I had to drop Jonathan Scope. I am crushed about that because I kept Mustakas, right? And I didn't need more second basemen. So I had to make those decisions. The rest of my guys actually were traded in a way that didn't cause me any harm. And I got to pick up Matt Kemp from the Dodgers. So I'm okay with that. But the problem is 17 minutes to reconfigure two teams 
after a full day of baseball and a three-hour dinner break in between, it was exhausting, and I'm still feeling it today. Yeah, you know, I don't know how you did that because I could barely do it even with my extra time. Although I had less of a boyfriend problem situation, I had Ian Kinsler as my Angels boyfriend, and he got moved to the Red Sox, which I'm very excited about, especially since he can apparently hit against the Yankees. Shit, there I go again talking about the Red Sox. But, but besides that... It allowed me to look for a, sec- a different second baseman. And because I had Josh Donaldson on the Blue Jays, see how complicated this gets so fast? Josh Donaldson is on a very, very long-term disabled list. So I got to pick up Baby Pina, who I talked about last week, and I love his hair. But ironically, <laughs> ironically, both Pina and Kinsler landed on the DL, so I'm fucked either way, as far as this week goes. I don't know. But I'm, I'm kind of happy I got a little piña on my on my list. I'm happy you have a little piña on your list, too. But it was exhausting. It was totally exhausting. So let's move to something uplifting. Let's do that. And local. Uplifting is something I'm really looking for, forward to with the news these days. We have right here in D.C. a championship team making history, the Mamie Johnson Little League in, uh, in Ward 7 of Washington, D.C., which you should know is a primarily African-American community, uh, very low income, low resources in general. The Nationals, yay our local Nationals, uh, created a Nationals Youth Baseball Academy in Ward 7. And because of that effort and the wonderful things that they do, maybe Johnson Little League has gone to great achievements. And they are currently, right now as we speak, involved in the weekend Mid-Atlantic Regional Championship. They played this morning... They didn't have the best outing. They lost 10 to 2, which sounds worse than it is. It looked like they just had a couple of bum innings. It was tied scoreless until the fourth. They let up three in the fourth and then seven runs in the fifth. So I feel bad for that poor pitcher who was in there. But to have a majority African-American, if not all African-American kids representing D.C. is a first. So we wish them the best. And they're named after Mamie Johnson. Johnson, you may remember, is Mamie Peanut Johnson, one of three African-American women to play in the Negro Leagues, right? They played with the men in the Negro Leagues. And we talked recently about how when the All-Star Game was in town, one of the legacy things they left behind, the All-Star Game left behind, was a mural featuring Mamie Peanut Johnson off of U Street in a in a historic black neighborhood in Washington, D.C. So this team, which is, I, I don't know if it's all boys, but it's, yeah. you know, it's a standard Little League team. So it's mostly, if not all boys, named after Mamie, which is very cool. And your boyfriend, Adam Jones, did a cool thing for them. Yeah. Well, to, to back up just a sec, she was alive last season when they almost made it to the finals and saw that game. And so this year for them to actually get to the finals in her memory is really special. Uh, And Adam Jones, my ex-boyfriend who I traded to our kids team or let our kids team get him. Anyway, he's a great guy from From the the Orioles. Orioles. Staying with the Orioles. Power to him. He donated $8,500, which is the money that they needed left after doing a shitload of fundraising themselves to get themselves to the finals. So yay, Adam Jones, who just saying that it was the right thing to do. I was thinking... Hmm, why aren't there any national players doing that? And to give them cred, yesterday they visited with the team, hung out with them, which is going to be pretty amazing. And the Nationals are involved, obviously, in the National Baseball, the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy, 
with your boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, on the board and putting a lot of effort into this. So I think it's it's an ongoing thing for national support. Eight out of the 12 members of the Mamie Johnson Little League were what they call scholar athletes. And they were all members of the Hustle Program from the National Youth Baseball Academy. I just want to read their mission because it's perfect for the way we talk about baseball on this podcast. So the mission of the National's Youth Baseball Academy is to use the sports of baseball and softball as vehicles to foster positive character development, academic achievement, I can't even pronounce achievement, damn it, and improved health among youth from underserved communities in Washington, D.C. I want to point out that the word damn it does not appear <laughs> in their mission statement. No, that's my inability to read off of a piece of paper. What I wanted to tell you, my dear friend Patty, though, as I was looking at their curriculum, and they have this thing called Sciences Baseball, where they teach science to the kids through baseball, just like you. That's what we're here for. We're making everyone better through science and baseball. I have to say there's another thing, flashing back to to last week where I was trying to be a little bit repentant for maybe jumping to conclusions about people such as Scott Boris. I was looking at the list of big donors. He's on, or his corporation, Boris Corporation, is on the 10,000 plus donors. So here I am saying something very nice about Scott Boris. Great activity to be supporting, especially to that level. We don't just teach you about science. Sometimes we teach you about vocabulary. I learned a new vocabulary word last night in my 17 minutes of scurrying around to deal with my trades, and I'm going to teach it to you now. You may know the word Maddox as the last name of Greg Maddox, Hall of Fame pitcher, but Maddox also describes a complete game shutout in less than 100 pitches. So I learned this because Corey Kluber tossed a Maddox last night, which I love as a sentence. Uh, Corey Kluber over the Angels last night had a a 98-pitch shutout game, including a five-pitch fifth inning, which is kind of spectacular. And above and beyond that, that was not his first, but the second Maddox that he's tossed. So you're welcome for your new vocabulary word. And I want to add that he was very well groomed while doing it. I got to do that after watching my Red Sox game. (laughs) There I go again. But I did get to catch a little bit of that game and Kluber looked good all around. Our Patreon subscribers are going to learn a little bit more about science from us, probably more vocabulary words, and also some of our travel adventures. My daughter and I recently went on a minor league tour, and our first stop was to visit the Red Wings in Rochester. Here's a taste of what we learned. Yeah, at one point they put, I believe they looked like two adult men in hippo onesies, one pink and one blue. They looked a little furry to me. It kind of scared me. And then each one laid down on one of the scooters that we used to use in gym class. (laughs) And then their partner, who I assume would be friends with them. God, I hope so. Would grab, like, by their calves and sort of wheelbarrow push them towards a pile of, like, large marbles on the field. And about three seconds before they said the name of the game we realized that they were, in fact, playing Hungry, Hungry Hippos. If you want to hear that whole bonus episode and more from our tour and extra bonus content, you too can become a Patreon member for as little as a dollar a month. That's a quarter an episode to get access to this kind of content, as well as full-length interviews and more. We might even thank you in an upcoming episode. Just go to patreon.com slash no crying in b 
That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying in b-ball and become a supporter today. You'll find everything you need there to support NCIB. Thanks so much. You know, football started this week, it seems, American football, and I am so confused because it seems like there are new football teams out there, like, say, the Mets and, and the, the Nationals the Dodgers. and the Red Sox. Yeah. I didn't know the these football teams existed. Uh, it seemed, Or we're, we're cross-training, just as you suggested that everybody do, right? It seems like our scoreboards are cross-training this week. I think at the beginning of our podcast, we talked about the increased amount of home runs at that point from last season and what's going to happen this year. Well, we have had a week for those who love their dingers. The Dodgers, 21 to 5. Oh, by the way, I'm just here. We here I go on my tangent again. But to let you know, I'm just reporting on games that are two touchdowns plus, including the extra points. So at least 14 <laughs> points on one team. The Dodgers, 21 to 5 over the Brewers. The cool thing about this game is that the team went for the cycle. Do you, what do you does know that how mean? That, so no, that means they got home runs for the cycle. They got a three run home run with Bellinger, Cody Bellinger. They got two run home runs with Turner and Puig. They got one run home run, solo shots with Puig and Henderson. And they are currently. Our Dodgers, the only team with six players on their roster with at least 15 home runs so far, including my boyfriend, Kike Hernandez, whom I adore. Our Nationals, we witnessed, go 25-4 to four over the Mets. That was such a cathartic game. I had so much fun at that game. All the woo. There was so, so much, much woo. woo. <laughs> so much woo. Just a, a constant woo through that game. The Red Sox, yay, I get to talk to them again. 15 to 7 over the Yankees. Can I tell you how much fun I had watching that game? Especially because our, our fairly recent acquisition, Pierce from the Blue Jays, got a, a hat trick. All Bring by in himself. the hockey. Bring in the hockey. Thank you for that. Or maybe it's a field goal. No, he got no three, hockey. He got three points. The Rangers went 17 to 8 over our poor Orioles. And I, I get a little bit of um, restitution here from a past error on a podcast, a pronunciation correct, correction. I get to say Rugned Odor had five walks, which ties the club record. When we first talked about Odor a, a long time ago, I had to look up how to, to pronounce his first name, and it was Rugned. And then I talked about him, I think, last week or the week before, and I said Roughned, and that's just wrong. So I feel a little bit good that I get to talk to him about that, him again. That's wrong in a just, lot of just ways. To, just to correct myself. The interesting thing about the Dodgers, they were at the losing end. No, they were at the winning end in that game that you first mentioned with the Brewers. But just yesterday, the Astros beat the Dodgers. They shut them out. It was two touchdowns to nothing. Wow. So they're on both sides. And I want to point out that although there are a lot of home runs that contribute to this, the 21 runs or the 24 runs or the 17 runs, they weren't all homers, right? There was a lot of small ball involved as well. These guys got on base. They walked, they singled, they doubled. And then somebody homered for the cycle and, and hit them all in. So it was a pretty good combination of all of those things. And I was looking at this list trying to figure out is this what happens after trades? Like the teams that aren't doing well are selling their best players to build for the future, to get the prospects and making things more lopsided. But then how does that explain the Dodgers being a huge winner and also a huge loser on this and the Red Sox Yankees? 
right? You know, the Yankees traded up for darn sure. I mean, they they brought in a bunch of they, they brought in a lot of they brought in a bullpen. Yeah, which is really interesting that the Yankees brought in a bunch of pitchers and that they've lost all three games to the Red Sox so far, and that the pitchers that the Red Sox have brought, have brought in have done really well. I just want to say something about one of those Yankees. Yankees pitchers, J.A. Happ, who as soon as he got on the Yankees, got hand, foot, and mouth disease. How does that happen? Children. It happens with it's, children. It's, it's a playpen of a clubhouse. Well, you could go there, or you could think of him as a whole person and not just make smack, snap judgments <laughs> about him, because Noah Syndergaard of the Mets also had that because he did volunteer work with kids' um, baseball clinics, and that's where he got it. Aww, so it could be that nice. way for Happ, too. We have talked to you about bench-clearing brawls, about bench-clearing conversations. I want to tell you about the brawl that didn't happen, but could have at any second. Last night at the Nats-Reds game, hell began to break loose. There was a little bit of chaos. There was a little bit of edginess. And there were a lot of players standing at the top step of their dugouts at interesting times. And I think the only reason it didn't become a full-on brawl at any point was because they were so damn tired, like I was, because it was way at the end of the second game of a split doubleheader. I think they were probably too tired to rush the mound. But here's what happened. The first thing that happened was Bryce-on-Bryce violence. Pitcher Austin Bryce of the Reds beamed Bryce Harper just below the knee, sent Bryce Harper sprawling to the ground, holding onto his knee. Everyone's like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And, you know, Bryce got up, kind of shook it off a little bit. And Austin Bryce actually walked over to him and apologized. Wow, right? That's a, that doesn't happen. You, that, that never happens. But that did happen. So, okay. So everyone cools out. People back up a step again. Bryce goes to first and then steals second base. So everyone thinks, okay, were you faking? But no, then he actually got sent home because he, he was still in a little bit of pain. Later... Spencer Keeboom, the catcher for the Nats, gets hit in the stomach by Jesus Reyes. And here's the thing about Jesus. Okay, you get beamed by Jesus, but it's it was his first, it was his debut in the major leagues. His the second pitch he threw hit Keeboom in the stomach. So he probably would have been more of a laugher, except for it was the second Nats player to be hit by a pitch. We look around from our seats. We can see right down at the into the dugouts, and we say, "Oh, look at all those players lining up on the steps on either side," which led to a discussion between me and my daughter about who do you pick to hit if you know that you know the stupid unwritten rules is you've got to bean somebody from the other team if they just you know threw at your guy. And my kids said, "Well, they're going to throw at Vado, right? He's the best player on the Reds." And I said. Oh, no, they're not going to throw at Votto because Votto is a national treasure. No one dislikes Votto. And and he's my boyfriend. That's why they're not going to throw at him. Well, he's my Reds boyfriend. We would have had to Don't get in there. Don't fuck with my boyfriend. Well, that's it. We would we have had to get in there and like throw ourselves in between. And I said, oh, no, they're probably, you know, they might throw at Billy Hamilton, but he's too fast. So they don't want to put him on base. It might be Scooter. I mean, like we had a couple of people for good reasons. Like here are good players that they can kind of afford to hit. And what did they do? They hit the national treasure. They hit Votto. Oh, wait. Now I have to go defend him. Well, Votto was ticked. He was ticked. He was making the faces on the way to first base, and he was kind of like yelling and yapping. So I'm feeling less about him being a, a national treasure. But Madsen, who was the pitcher at the time, it's like, I, I didn't mean to. That wasn't a thing. 
But I don't know if you can get away with that. But this caused lots of umpires to kind of walk around and give people warnings. And so there were like three opportunities for rushing of the mound and even more excitement and even more violence. And yet everyone just apologized and made nice and got warned and then went back to like trying to get to bed early because it was already too long a day. Maybe it's good that I didn't stay for the doubleheader. I might have gotten somebody in some trouble at that point. Somebody else who got into trouble? we have to report on because we always tell you what's new with Juan Soto because Juan Soto is always breaking records and doing something that no one's done since, you know, 18, the 1800s or something. Well, last night he fouled a ball off. And as the color commentator said, got him where you don't want to get got. He hit the ground rolling around for several minutes. And we thought, Oh, he's out. Like the trainer helped him up and he was walking around very slowly. We thought, oh man, he's out. He's out. He turned around, kind of shook himself off, grabbed his bat, and went back into the batter's box. He walked. I don't know if it was because, okay, this guy just, yeah, let him walk. We can't strike him out now. But he walked, and then he scored a run. He was the player of the game. He stayed in the game. He went two for four, and he scored three runs. So Juan Soto, is there anything you can't do? even when you get got where you don't want to get got. And could you please tell Yadier Molina what brand of cup that you use? Because he obviously should get some of similar strength. We talked about the trades before, and there's one more thing that really fucked up my fantasy league. And I'm, and I'm being very selfish about this because this is a really big issue for all of us, that Roberto Asuna went from the Blue Jays to the Astros. And this is shitty for a number of reasons. We last reported on this, I believe, when he was uh, accused of sexual assault around the beginning of May. And he he was accused of assaulting his girlfriend in Toronto. And you talked about all sorts of international issues with this because the case is in Toronto and we're dealing with travel into the U.S. What it came down to at that point was MLB made a swift action to put him on a 75-day suspension, which, although it was less than what Cano got for drugs, was a lot actually for sexual assault compared to others. And we talked a little bit about how his t-shirt day was planned from right after that. So there there's 14,000 Roberto Asuna Blue Jays t-shirts floating around somewhere in East Africa at this point. He was traded to the Houston Astros at the deadline, and this is really shitty for the Astros and really shitty for me because my pitching squad is Astros, and I am not going to put an accused abuser on my squad. He has not been convicted, but he has not been acquitted either, and because he is in that state, I believe that I shouldn't take him on my team and fuck the Astros for taking it on their team. They say they have a zero tolerance policy. Well, a zero tolerance policy maybe for people who are already on the team not doing something. But what does that mean for a trade? I don't understand. You would think that if it was a real zero tolerance policy that they would wait it out that everybody would wait it out and see what happens. Is he going to be convicted or not? And then you decide. You're conv- like Right now, we don't have information. We we have rumor. And you and I are very quick to convict him. I'm not quite sure why that is, but we both are. Absolutely. We're all in for this is bad. Stay away from him. But you think that the teams could find a way to say, okay, 
everybody, we're just going to hold off because there's criminal proceedings happening. You would think, but I happen to have this statement here by the Astros manager, Jeff Leno. Leno, did I? I should have looked up his pronunciation. It's really disturbing what he said, I believe, especially because the first sentence in it is we are excited to welcome Roberto Asuna to our team. So bad. And then he goes on, though, the due diligence by our front office was unprecedented. Is he getting his hyperbole from government levels higher up that we hear this shit all the time? Unprecedented due diligence? Really? We are confident that Asuna is remorseful. But apparently they didn't ask him that. Anyway, I'll finish his first. (laughs) They didn't ask his lawyer that. That's true. True. They say that we're confident that Asuna's remorseful, has willfully complied with all consequences related to his past behavior, has proactively engaged in counseling, and will fully comply with our zero tolerance policy related to abuse of any kind. Roberto has some great examples of character in our existing clubhouse that we believe will help him as he and his family establish a fresh start and as he continues with the Houston Astros. We look forward to Asunia's contributions as we head into the back half of this season. Puke, puke, puke. I can't even, I don't even know where to start from that. The first part to start is what they're confident in. That whole list of shit that they put, they didn't check any of it out. Because the lawyer, Dominic Basile, said, oh, wait a minute, our trial hasn't come yet. He's not remorseful because he's not guilty. So he said, I would say he is remorseful for the circumstances in which he finds himself. He isn't admitting to the allegations. He is definitely he definitely is remorseful in the sense the sense that the circumstances are what they are. So he's remorseful for the circumstances. The MLB had their own investigation. So MLB, I think, has some information that is not public. That is my guess, because they did their investigation, which led to his suspension. So what I'm thinking is he may be remorseful because he may be guilty, but the lawyer can't let them say that out loud. So I think some of those things may be true, but the lawyer is not going to let them say that because there are criminal proceedings and just let the damn criminal proceedings happen before we move on. Well, and here's what really sucks. The lawyer also doesn't want this to go to court. In Canada, they have this thing called a peace bond. And the deal with this is if you pay enough money and you agree to conditions like counseling or not drinking or have check-ins or stuff like that, And the prosecution agrees, which means the girlfriend who's uh, alleging the abuse has to agree to this, that it actually pretty much goes off record. He doesn't have to serve the time. He's sort of on this probation period where if he fucks up then, the penalties increase substantially. But – It's not on his record. And that's what the lawyer is going for. And the lawyer also said if it does go to court, he's pleading not guilty. Well, the lawyer's doing his job. Yeah. And we can fault the Astros. And this is the team that we talked about in episode 24 when one of their prospects was caught on video abusing his girlfriend that they dropped him like a hot potato. Is that the right euphemism? And, And Verlander. And uh, another, who else did? A couple of pictures came on on Twitter really forcefully saying, that is not okay. We condemn that. And that's a pitcher, right? That's Verlander. So Asuna to come into this clubhouse with a pitching staff that has already condemned the whole concept of violence and saying that we should get rid of players like this, what kind of environment is that going to be for the Astros? The difference there is they actually had videotape of the prospect committing the crime. And it was a sure thing. So they have to be a little careful. 
because they don't officially know any of the facts. So yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, I wouldn't want to be in that bullpen. No way, no how. But yeah, there are, it's, there, there are legal things out there. There's information that people don't have. So it's, we're not quite there yet, but it's ugly. And I wish they hadn't made this move. I lost a lot of respect for the Astros. I sure did. And I'm going to take a little bit of a high horse because the Red Sox really needed some relief in the pen. And Dombrowski said, we didn't consider it really implying this is why they didn't consider it. A little bit more of my bashing that I get to do, we have another irresponsible high school boy at the age of 22 this week, Sonny Gray of the Yankees, who's not a a fave of the Yankees fans nor the Red Sox fans at this point, was caught with an inappropriate tweet that on the surface is racist, I guess. The quote's out there. You can look it up. But his reaction to it is the problem. So if you're accused of being racist, the thing not to do is say, it was an inside joke. Shut up, everybody. And he's not dealing with it. That's not that's just not the response regardless. Right. And why would you put an inside joke in a public place like, say, Twitter? Right. So we're going to revisit the boys who were behaving badly last week and see if we've made moves in the right direction. And our guy, Trey Turner, There are possibilities that he can be our guy again, because in the grand scheme of things, he's moving in the right direction, a baby step at a time. No one else in this whole big field of accusations and horrible tweets and racism and homophobia has taken this extra step that Trey Turner did, which was before the first game since he was accused of all this, since all this came to light. He did a press conference where he was actually contrite. He apologized to the group's who were harmed by the things he said, which was exactly what Potty Mouth was talking about last week. That was the thing that was missing in these cookie-cutter, publicist-written apologies that were written. He was there in person, absolutely thoughtful and careful and saying he needs to do better and he wants to do better and did not use his age as an excuse for what he says. The words are the words, and it was horrible. So... I'm happy about that. And I was terrified going into that game. Like, what were were the Nationals fans going to be Milwaukee and give him a standing ovation, which would kill me to the core? Were they going to boo, which would be awful? It was weirdly neutral, wasn't it? It was. It was. That was that blowout Mets game. And he did really well. So there was a lot of opportunity to cheer him. But every time he came up, it was like this pall over the crowd. The level of enthusiasm just dampened. But you're right. There was no booing. There was no negativity. It was like everybody thought, what the fuck do we do now? Right. And I felt better about that. It was like it was noticeable. It was like, yes, we know what happened. And we're going to sit back and we're going to let give you time to prove yourself. And then we'll burn our jerseys if we need to. But we're not doing that yet. Because all of this happened, sports agents and also colleges that recruit have been paying a lot of attention to who they are talking to, who they're recruiting, who they're bringing in. Some of them have been doing this for a while. They go through social media accounts of the kids they're thinking about recruiting or they've just brought on as prospects. And they look for patterns. Did you say a lot of crap? And does it keep going? In which case, we don't want to work with you. And they might get cut. They might not get recruited to begin with, which is great. Or if it's sort of, oh, a long time ago, it could go either way. What are you doing now? Then they may scrub it and then work with the guy. But attention is being paid. And these same agents and schools are now using this thing that just happened in the past week or two as a teaching moment for their current 
athletes to say, okay, we've got to scrub this stuff. We've got to take a look at what you're saying, what you said, what are you doing differently now? So I think good will come of it. It sucks that all of this hateful stuff had to happen first, but good seems to be coming from it. Billy Bean, the vice president for inclusion and um, in Major League Baseball, had some things to say. He met with Josh Hader. And uh, I, I don't know if this was the sum total of the sensitivity training that Josh Hader had to do or it was just a conversation. But Billy Bean seems to think that Josh is moving in the right direction, although he has not made public statements in the same way that Trey did apologizing to anybody but his team. But what he did say was this. What, what Billy Bean said was this. I think how we act from this point forward, this is how we should be measured. And I think that we've shown that it's a priority from the commissioner straight down. It's a part of the MLB family, and it's an unfortunate situation. But if we don't address it, then we're being disrespectful to people of color, of women in the workplace, our fans, and the LGBT community. So I'm happy that's out there as a public statement. I hope MLB backs it up, but they're starting with the right words. Although it's you said Billy Bean saying that. I'd like to see hater saying absolutely absolutely well it's billy bean's job the last point i want to make about this is that the mets just had their pride night and so there were lots of discussions about this all these homophobic remarks and one of the folks that was interviewed who is um, the director of an lgbt organization in new york said he is actually feeling like this this backlash this really sort of violent response to these homophobic remarks may mean that it's going to be a better place for openly gay baseball players to come out because it looks like the general public doesn't have tolerance for the intolerance. So that might be a better place. I'm happy to hear about that. And I'm hoping we can go for this next week without any more of this crap going on. And the thing I'm looking most forward to this week, in addition to absence of horrible boys doing horrible things, is I'm going to play hooky on Thursday and go to an afternoon baseball game when the Braves are in town. And I want you to go with me. I will will try. I want to say everybody follow Baseball for All on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. They're having their nationals right now. And we'll report on that more next week because they have playoff ceremony today. There'll be a lot of great things going on. Check them out. Uh, Shit. Fantasy baseball. Okay. I guess I got to say it. I'm not in first. Deborah, you rock. Then there's me. Then there's everything else. Then there's everything else. No changes. No changes. Until we talk to you again next week, please tell your friends about us. Subscribe, review. And until then, say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth. Eggs are a pain in your ass?